God is good, amen? Praise the Lord. You know, I'm so thankful that God will, will deliver a message even when, it's, uh, even when it's sunny outside, even when it's a nice day, even when, uh, you, you know, there's nice weather. God will still bring us uh, good messages. He'll still bring us things. And I, I, I am excited about tonight's message. You know, I, I, uh, you know kind of when we started doing our, uh, our Tuesday nights, when we picked them back up in the, for the winter session and stuff, you know, kind of had a theme going there. And, and I, I, I'm not even sure if we're still on that theme. Maybe we are. Maybe we aren't, but I believe this is the Holy Spirit, so so uh, that that will be good for us, Amen. But you know, uh, uh, it, I, I, I'm always amazed how God brings messages to me, and this this one is no less so. Uh, I actually uh, thought a lot of things were accidents, and then they just kind of all came together and fell together all in one one kind of place, and and I never even saw how they all connected, and and some of it was reaching back into days ago, and some of it was reaching back into weeks ago, and some of it was reaching forward into this morning, into what I was getting into, and it's just kind of, you know, God will take things sometimes from here and there, and he'll bring them together and make something really beautiful out of it, amen? And so if I can if I can yield to him uh, well enough, and, and, and we could get into this, I believe that God will have something that will bless us. And if nothing else, you might learn something. Glory to God. And that would be good for you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you know, everything that we learn in the Word, you know, uh, everything we learn in the Word, everything we learn through the Word is helping us grow and to be a better person and to be a better Christian, a be more useful for God. Amen. You know, I preached about that this weekend. I am going to kind of kind of roll off of some some parts of the, the themes that we had uh, started both messages on. In fact, we're going to the same scripture uh, over there in Colossians, but I'm thankful for where the Lord's bringing it, you know, and I, I said this yesterday, or not yesterday, on Sunday, I said that, you know, we, uh, I, I, I started off and led off with that same scripture I used on Saturday night, and the reason that I did that was because I just didn't feel like I was done with it, and then when I was preparing this message, I didn't even know I was going to be using it again, but uh, lo and behold, there it was, amen, and so uh, uh, it just works out, and uh, I believe God is building on it, uh, it for us as we go forward, and, you know, all these things are about making us a better church, making us about, uh, you know, and being a church isn't just about being family church Mayville or, or whatever church we're bo we belong to, but being the church is being the body of Christ. The church is literally the body of Christ, you know, and that's an important thing for us to understand, and it's important for us to be really connected, and being really connected isn't just that we come, isn't just we sit, that we bring money or that we do these things, but being connected is throwing our hearts in with what God's doing. It's trying to see what our part is in doing that and realizing that we do have a part to play in that. And I believe that if we do that, if we're people that will throw our hearts into what God's doing in our midst, that, uh, you know, anything that we are required to do by him, he will inspire us to do. So if we're required, we'll be inspired. And if we're inspired, we'll be able to walk it out. Amen. And that's really what we want to do. You know, God's will, I, I've found, uh, you know, God has a basic will for all humanity, but then he has his will of, for our lives individually. And, and as, we, as we learn to yield to him and we take those steps, you know, it's, it's in normal days, it's in everyday practice that we learn these things. And God has been showing me so much along this way. I just, we'll get into some of that, I believe, tonight. Amen. But tonight's message is called what doesn't kill you hallelujah and uh, of course you know we know this saying from the world uh, you know what doesn't kill you and make you stronger but uh, you know that doesn't really apply to the world it's it's hopeful wishful thinking in the world amen uh, but I, it is true for a Christian 
if a Christian is, is heavenly minded, if a Christian is spiritually minded, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. And that there is, there is absolutely things. Now, you know, I've, I've talked several times in recent times about, uh, you know, the different types of attacks. There are attacks that we bring on ourselves. There are attacks that the, are just attacks because the devil hates us. And then there's attacks that are, are uh, tests of our faith that will take us higher. And not everything falls into every one of those categories. Well, we'll fall into one of them, but it, not all of them fall, or not everything falls into all those categories at once. Amen? And so sometimes people are going, oh, the devil, you know, he's just, I, I hear this often, the devil, he's attacking me, he's after me, he's getting me, he's, he's, he's you know, he's just battling the devil, battling the devil, battling the devil. I say, oh yeah, what's going on? They tell me what's going on. And I'm sitting there thinking, no, that's not the devil at all, that's you. You know, and so there is that aspect of it. But then there's times where some people think, you know, they're going through it, going through it, and they think, man, I just mean, I must be a terrible Christian. I just must be uh, horrible. I'm just not doing a good enough job. I'm just not good enough here. I'm not big enough here or, or, or where I should be. And, and, and then they say to me, what's going on? And I'm sitting there thinking, well, that's not, that's not you at all. That's the devil. Amen. It's just an attack. And then, and then sometimes they go through that and they think, oh, I just might not be big enough or strong enough or whatever. And I'm like, no, that's the Lord making you stronger. And so, you know, uh, and of course, if I have opportunity to speak to people, I always, I always will share with them if I know something, you know, if I can help them in that way. Uh, but, you know, even like today, I was in a, a phone conversation and I, I kept trying to talk and, and the one on the other, other end of the line, God bless, God bless them, was not letting me talk. And they just kept saying what things were what things were happening and why they were happening and what was going on, and I had a lot of input to say, but they wouldn't let me talk, so I couldn't get a word word edgewise, so I didn't try. You know, I just gave up. And so there's there's that too. And so we we need to be uh, people that want to hear and want to listen. We don't want to just you know uh, you know as as Christians uh, you know we can we can switch from sharing our pain and suffering and get off into complaining real quickly. And how many know that complaining is out of faith? I said complaining is out of faith. When you step out of faith, you step out of effectiveness. Praise the Lord. I said when you step out of faith, you step out of effectiveness. Now maybe you say, well, I, I really don't know what faith is. Well, then you need to learn what faith is so you can be effective. Because faith is what God has given us to overcome. Faith is what God has given us to win. Faith is what, you know, a lot of times what we're praying for really is just found in faith. And so if we understand that it's found in faith, if we get ourselves into faith, in fact, God, uh, I was sharing with my family before we came here, you know, God has been dealing with me personally on some things. I keep thinking, man, maybe this would be a good message. Maybe I need to preach on this. And then I realize, no, he's given it to me for me. He's trying to help me, amen? And what, he, what, what, what he's been sharing with me is how, how uh, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm not in faith, I'm not in rest. And if I'm not in rest, I'm not in faith. Hallelujah. Well, there's a lot to that. I ain't preaching about that tonight, but, uh, uh, but amen, that just gives you something to chew on anyways. Amen. Praise the Lord. I said that was for me, but it could apply to you too. Amen. So what doesn't kill you? And we have to, re we have to understand that a lot of things are about our perception. Now, there are truths, but, but, but our perception uh, really makes a difference in things and how we walk things out. Amen. Uh, you know, so often, you know, my wife was just mentioning this today. She's like, you know, we've, we, we've had this testimony of, of uh, several people in the church have come to us and, and said, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten a raise. And some of these raises have been, the, at least a few of them that I've been thinking of, that I'm thinking of are like unheard of raises or crazy. 
I mean, it's just like, that, that just doesn't happen, but, that, but it's just happening. They're not asking for them, they're just happening, amen? And, you know, people are increasing, in other words, and you know what, that's what faithfulness and the Word of God will do, and, 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 you know, as you learn from God, as you walk a godly life, He will affect your finances and stuff like that. But, you know, that kind of stuff happens, and a lot of times people will see that stuff happen, and then they'll say, well, I still don't have anything, but they weren't faithful with what they got. You know, they don't really learn how to be faithful with what they have, and because of that, and that's really a perception thing. You know, a lot of times, especially in this country, we think we don't have enough, but the truth is we do have enough, we just don't utilize it correctly. Amen? And God will increase even what we have, but he won't increase it if we're not using, utilizing it wisely. Amen? Praise the Lord. But I, I just wanted to share with you, to make it your aim to learn from your life, this is the best place where, this is the place where God's going to teach us. This is a place where he'll walk us through scenarios. And, and, and you know, so often there's things, and we're going to get into this in Scripture, and, and some Scriptures that are even, we've been using a lot lately, but they just keep coming up, and I, I have to keep going to them if that's the case, because we're just not done with it, amen? But we have to understand, bitterness is not faith. If we're bitter, we're getting out of faith, and so that's a warning. We've got to cor correct it, amen? True rest only exists in faith. True rest, God's rest, only exists in faith. What is faith? Simply faith is trusting in God. And so if you can learn to trust in God truly, you will enter into rest. If you will not learn to trust in God, you will never enter into rest. Rest does not exist aside from trust in God. Now trust in God will cause you to go out on a limb. Uh, I heard, I think my pastor said it like this once. He said, God will take you out, out on a limb that, that, that only he could bring you back from. And I like that because it's true. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've been there many times. In my walk of faith, as many times as I've been following God, there have been plenty of limbs that God has brought me out on that the only way to come back, the only way to get back, there's nothing I can do to get me back from there. The only thing that can happen is him. And that's why I love this, this talk about faith and what faith is all about. Amen. But we are talking about some other things, and it's not really actually faith tonight, so we might as well move on from there. Amen? Uh, turn with me to Colossians 3.17. I warned you, and that's where we're going, and, and, and I'm coming through on my promise. Amen? Colossians 3.17. Of course, this just kind of sets a foundation for us, and that's really why I'm using it again, <clears throat> because I did preach a lot on it this weekend, but it's just good to go there again. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now, I just want to take a moment, because each time I've read this scripture in a service this weekend, I kind of skipped over this part a little bit. But I want to focus first on the last part, giving thanks through him to God, uh, praise the Lord, the Father. So whatever we do in word or deed, so whatever we're going to say, whatever we do, we do so, right, uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him. Now, see, this is a part that a lot of people kind of skip over, a lot of people kind of miss, and they miss this in life. But there's always things to be thankful for for God. And we need to find out what those are, especially when we're in the midst of trial. When we have opposition, when we have things coming against us, when we have things trying to stop us, the answer we're going to get for all of our problems is always found in this place of giving thanks. This is about, a, uh, this is about having an, a certain attitude. It's about be, putting yourself in a certain position. It's saying no matter what is going on, we need to give thanks for God. We see this theme 
over and over and throughout Scripture, and this is where so many people miss it. We have lots of stuff we'll complain about. We don't have lots of stuff we'll thank God about. Amen? Praise the Lord. If, if, if you've had anything good happen to you, that's something where you can start with. And that's a place, that's a good platform to jump off of. Amen? And we need good platforms to jump off of. Amen? Praise the Lord. But whatever we do in word or do, deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, you know, this idea of doing things in the name of the Lord, this also is a concept that's all throughout Scripture. And I, you know, I mentioned this weekend, and I'll just kind of recap on it, that it, it is talking about a couple different things. You know, there's a side of doing things in the name of the Lord that means that you do it under his authority. And then there's a side of it that you do it from the standpoint of you, you are doing it, uh, not like that you have to do everything saying in Jesus' name, but you're doing it in, uh, uh, you're, you're doing it in a way that reflects on him. Amen. And so one of the number one things that a Christian should have at the forefront of their mind is the things that I'm doing should be a reflection and a good reflection on him. They should not speak bad about our faith. We do more as Christians, we do more pushing people away than we do drawing people in because of the way that we act. Amen. Because of the things that we say. Because of the things that we do. You know, if you go over there and read about Romans, uh, uh, read in Romans 14, it's a really interesting chapter of the Bible, but it talks about all basically yielding to one another. It's like one who's spiritual, one who's a baby in the faith, you need to learn to yield to each other. So if one, and we need to both do things that don't cause a stumbling, put a stumbling in, in, in a brother or sister's way. In other words, if something I'm doing is causing you to stumble, out of love, I should stop doing that thing. I should back away from that thing. Or conversely, if I'm doing something that, uh, that you don't quite understand, out of love, you ought to be like, well, I'm going to forgive them of that and we'll let them do it. Amen? Because I love them. Amen? Glory to God. And so that, this, that's what Romans 14 is really all about. Uh, but, but we have to understand that a lot of what we do gives the Lord a bad name. A lot of people go, why would I want to come to that God? Why would I want to know? And that's a real good question we should ask ourselves. When we go into the world, what do we present to the world? Do we present a Jesus that people actually want? Or do we present a Jesus that people are like, yeah, yeah I don't want that. I don't like that. Now, when I, when I say this, I'm not saying that we just lie down and accept everything the world accepts because that's just called stupid. Amen? There's no other better way to put it, but it's just plain stupid. Why? Because look at how effective the world is. If you didn't know, if you want to know how effective our society is, look what's happening in our society. We got people shooting up, uh, we got people shooting up everywhere. We got people uh, shooting up everywhere. We got people that are uh, embracing all kinds of things that are causing destructive lives and uh, lifestyles and then they're blaming it on everyone else and, and, and we got people that, you know, we got people that are just, they, they don't even know what to, to do with their lives anymore. We have, we, we have economies that are going nuts because people come in to fix it. And every time someone comes in and fixes it, I'm not talking about political stuff. I'm just talking about it is what it is. People come in to fix it. And every time somebody fixes it, it seems like we're the ones that pay for it. Yeah. Right? And so we could get mad and we could complain about this and we could start rallies about this and we could stand our platform and talk about that. But see, the Lord didn't tell us to do any of that. And that's the thing. But people do that and they don't realize that every time you run your mouth, you're reflecting on your Lord. 
Every time you're or you run your mouth, you're reflecting on the things that, that you say that you believe in. So if you're doing that from a bad standpoint, what you're doing is you're making God look bad. Yeah. And that's not good. Especially if you want God working in your life. Right. Oh, how do you know you want God working in your life? Well, if you pray at all, you want God working in your life. Otherwise, you wouldn't be praying. Amen? Because the reason you pray is to get God to do something that you can't do. Amen? The reason you pray is to tap into something, hopefully, that you can't tap into. And a lot of times, see, God, the Bible promises us that if we pray godly prayers, he will answer every single one of them. That's a promise in Scripture throughout Scripture. But a lot of people are finding their prayers are, are, are not being answered, but they never go to really wonder why. The only thing they do is they blame God. It must be God. If God, if God must not want to answer my prayer if it's not being answered because that's what they would never even take a thought that maybe it's something that they're doing or maybe it's something they're not doing. And so we need to understand that there is a lot of truth in that. When we follow the word, the word always works. It always does. I've never seen the word not work in people that follow it. I never have. I've never looked at somebody and said, you know what? They followed the word to a T. They did what God told them to do. They were in God's plan for their lives. And still everything just went wrong. No, they always come out on top. Amen? We are the, we, we, we're the, we're, we're the creme de la creme. We should always rise to the top. That's what it means. The cream of the cream. That's literally what they translate. That's French, you know, but, uh, but that, that's what it means. It means it, ri you know, it rises to the top. The cream always comes to the top. It's the best of the best. It's the thing that's sought after. And that's what Christians are supposed to be. Why? Because it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. The people are going to see it in your life. They're going to see God's goodness in your life. And they're going to go like, I want some of that. I want the cream. Amen. Because that's what's desirable. Hallelujah. But we know that this also means that it's a, a do things in the authority of God. And you can't do things in the authority of God without knowing what the will of God is. And so if you're not seeking God's will for your life, if you're not seeking, Lord, what do you want from me? Then you can't do things confidently in the name of the Lord. And this really is the focus of what our message is about tonight. And I'm going to go to some places, and I've been studying some things out, and it's not just my studies, praise the Lord, but I, I think Reverend Josh will even back me up on this, that it's right. And so you've got two witnesses, that's at least pretty good, amen? <laughs> Glory to God. But, but some of the things we're going to get into is like, it, it just, it's, kinda, uh, it, 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 it's kind of interesting, amen? <clears throat> praise the Lord. So when we, the first thing we're going to need to understand in this, when we're talking about uh, doing things in the name of the Lord, is what in the name of the Lord really is all about, what this concept is all about. And this concept is actually interwoven all through Scripture. Now I'm going to have, you, have them pull up some Scriptures I wasn't planning on. Necessarily, I do have them in the back of my, my mind. I kind of studied them out. I wasn't necessarily planning on them, but we are going to go to them. Go ahead and pull up for me uh, Genesis 1.26. Praise the Lord. Now, this is, a, this, is, this is a really good scripture. Of course, this is one that we, all, we often know. This is about the creation of man, when God created man. And that's what this is all about. And it says here, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them uh, rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the, uh, of the sky, and over the cattle, and over the, all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so we understand that God created man in his image and his likeness, uh, and, and then he gave him... Uh, 
authority, mankind meaning, not just man but woman as well. Praise the Lord for that. But God made us in image and likeness. And, 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 and there's a lot of people, a lot of times we get this confused, what that's all really about. You know, there's some uh, denom or not denomination, some cults really that, that think that oh, uh, if God made us in His image and likeness, that must mean that He has two arms and two legs and 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 must be like just like us, look just like us. And and while I believe that that's what we do see in the Bible, that's not what this is talking about. God wasn't just trying to image uh, himself. He wasn't just trying to make a carbon copy. He, he, there, th this means more than that. Amen? Now, if you study this out in the original language, one of the things that you'll learn is that the words uh, in our image, like the word in is not in the original text. The original text just kind of puts it together, and they use those words. The word isn't wrong to use that, but it, uh, 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 that it can be better said or said uh, to be, like another way of saying it is to be. So to be our image and to be our likeness. Now, I know that that would, uh, that would sound strange if I just came up with that on the spot and I just made that up. But I assure you that this is not just me. This is, like, this is, this is known in scholarship. This is something that is well known. It's not uh, misunderstood. And we, again, we see this theme throughout all of Scripture. That, that, that the image that God created us in wasn't just to look like him, because if that was the case, then all you women don't look like God. Right. <laughs> Unless God is a woman, and then all of us men don't look like God. But if that's the case, because, you know, regardless of what the world teaches, you can't have it both ways. You just can't. It's not both ways. There is man and there's woman. And no matter what you do, you, can't, you can change it to make it look like something different, but it will never be something different. If you dig up a body that, is a thousand, that has been buried in the ground for a thousand years and all you have is a skeleton, they can do tests on the skeleton and they can determine whether or not it was a male or a female. Why? Because there's just certain things that make up people a certain way and that's just the way it is. But we are both created in his image. So it obviously doesn't mean that, that we all are going to look just like God. Amen? Praise the Lord. But uh, what these words, image and likeness, another way of saying them is, is, uh, is, a, is a representative and to resemble. And it's interesting here because if you really look at the scripture, what you, what you can understand really quickly is you see that word rule in there. That word rule points to something. It points to the idea of what the scripture is really all about. God, man, God made man for a purpose, and that purpose was to rule, to have dominion, to have authority. And we understand that. That's not misunderstood. We understand. Uh, if you study out scripture, you understand that, that one of the problems was is that uh, mankind gave over that rule and authority to the devil when they sinned. And when they gave that rule and authority over, then mankind was in bondage under the devil. And the reason Jesus had to come was to take back that rule and that authority. Amen? Amen. And so he did that. And so one of the things that he did is he got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Amen? And he, he, and he uh, had the victory. He's seated in heavenly places and, and he, put, he put the devil under our feet. Praise the Lord. But is the devil under our feet all the time? 
Well, it doesn't seem like it, does it? Amen? It should be. Yeah, exactly. He should be. And the reason he should be is because we should be taking our authority. But if we're not walking in that authority, we're not taking control of the devil. We just think the devil can have his way. And this is why, again, I don't like the stupid horror movies because stupid horror movies always exalt the devil and they make demons and the devil something that they're not. It makes them more powerful than they are. And then what do people do? People run around in the world believing that garbage and they gets in them and they think that that's the truth and then they're afraid of devils or afraid of demons and the whole time God has put them under our feet we have authority over them amen and so we understand this uh, if we can if we or we can understand this amen but I want to share with you another scripture that is often uh, kind of misunderstood and that's over there in Exodus you think why would I go to Exodus but we're just we're just gonna have him pull it up uh, for the sake of time but uh, uh, go ahead go to Exodus uh, 20 verse 7 now this is uh, uh, part of the Ten Commandments. Anyone heard of the Ten Commandments? Yeah. Amen. We can at least probably name the first one. Amen. But this is one that we've also heard a lot. And we've heard it, and, and I don't know about you, but I also believed it uh, uh, probably the same way you did. If I asked you what it means, you shall not take the name of your Lord, Lord your God, in vain, what would you think it means? It means don't swear. Right? This doesn't have anything to do with swearing, really. That's not what this is about. And if you think about it honestly, you know, it's because it really, we, we look at this old English kind of thing, and none of us, uh, you know, the, the King James Version is what I'm talking about. Nobody really understands that anyways. And so they, they just pretend they do. Sometimes they pretend they're smart. And if you have a King James Version, well, you're just pretending. So that's, a, you know, praise the Well, maybe you're not, but, uh, you, you know, you could be. Amen. Uh, we'll find out by the end of this. But, uh, but, you know, when we look at this, how is taking the name of the Lord in vain swearing? Or how is swearing taking the name of the Lord in vain? That word vain literally means worthless. Amen. That's what vanity, or to be vain means. It means it's worthless, amen? And so to take the name of the Lord in vain, it means that God has given us his name, and for us to take his name, taken upon us in a worthless manner, yeah. is against God. It's against, this is, this is offensive to him. It means to carry his name in a worthless manner. That's what it means. Now, before you throw stone me, because I talked about swearing, if you use certain words or certain phrases, like if you say, oh God, when something happens, technically that could be taking the name of the Lord in vain because you're making light of his, of his name of who he is. You're just using him like any other word. You're using him like a swear word. So from that standpoint, I can see where they make the connection. But that's not the focus of this. The focus of this is we, we have been given a name that is above every name, we were originally given his name. We were given his image. We were to be his imager, so to speak. We were supposed to image God in our life. That's why he gave us. God didn't, you know, the thing is about authority and the earth and all that stuff. God, and people say, well, God's in control. God's in control. No, he ain't. God is in control. He relinquished control. That's what he did in Genesis 1.26. Isn't that what it says? It says you have authority. You have dominion. You rule the earth. You do it. Amen. And then when he put him in the garden, he said, this is what you can have, and this is what you can't have. And he said, watch out for this. You keep it. You protect it. Now, there's a whole lot to that. We're not preaching about that tonight, or I'm not preaching about it. You're not listening to me preach about it. But there, 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 there is some good things that we need to understand about this. These concepts 
are woven from Genesis all the way through Revelation. In fact, the very act of what Jesus did was to give us back a name. He was to put us in a position that we could again. And we couldn't do it. And we're going to get into this more, praise the Lord, but we, we, we have to understand these things. So when, when, when we talk about taking the name of the Lord in vain, uh, or when the Bible talks about it, it is, it's, it's making light of this. Now Esau, if you remember the story of Jacob and Esau, Esau is the one who sold his birthright for a meal. You remember that? And the Bible says that God hated Esau. Ooh, that's a pretty bad thing when, the one, when, when you got God hating on you. You know what I'm saying? But it, that's what it says. Why do you suppose, and really, I, I, I think if you study it, it probably you would get to the understanding that he, he despised Esau for what he did. That was the, purpose, the, the thing, and what, the problem, and what Esau did. Well, what did Esau do that was so bad? He had these promises because of his position in birth, and he made light of them. He's like, yeah, God has done all this, but it doesn't mean anything to me. He counted it worthless, and God despised it. Now, the Bible talks about over there in Hebrews, it talks about uh, uh, if we neglect, I think it's in Hebrews, if we neglect so great a salvation, God has saved us. He's done wonderful things to get us saved. He did amazing things to get us saved. He did the most unbelievable thing to get us saved. And it says if we neglect so great a salvation, we're no better off than they were. This is why the Jews, because they constantly, the Israelites, the early Jews, they, they, the reason they, 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 uh, they kept breaking God's covenant. They kept stepping away from, he's like, I'm going to bless you, I'm going I'm to help you, I'm going to increase you, I'm going to do all these things in your life, but they kept turning away. Do you know the, 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 uh, the ancient Israelites, they, they would like worship other gods. Yeah. God was taking care of him. He was doing all these things, and then all of a sudden they find themselves worshiping other gods and doing all these things. And there's all a bunch of reasons for that, too. We're not preaching about that tonight, either. But the point is, is that's what they do. They kept running away. Actually, uh, the Bible calls them adulterous for doing that. What is adult? We know what adultery is. is when uh, a man or a woman leaves their spouse and goes off with someone else. That's why God gave us that covenant, because it reflects our covenant with him. It helps us to understand at a natural level what we're supposed to have with him. And, 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 and you know, that's a, that's a terrible position, position to be on, in. But how much more terrible is it when you are the creator of everything and you've done everything to help and bless somebody and they, they commit adultery against you. And that's what the people of God do all the time. And that's what it means to leave the name. That's what it means to take the name in vain. That's what it means to not do things in the name of the Lord Jesus. Not consider what we, what, 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 what we present, represent when we're out there. We are God's representatives to the world and if we understood that truly, my God, we would walk in a better way. Amen. Praise the Lord. So uh, I want you to turn with me uh, now, because this is really where the mes message began. Let's turn to Romans 8. And, of course, we've been here uh, several times lately. I, I know at least in both churches, I think, a little bit. Um, but we're going to find ourselves here again because this is important. This is one, one of the things that God has been weighing on me very heavily. He's been teaching me personally about my own walk through it. Amen? And I believe it's going to be a blessing to you too. So we got Romans 8, 28. And we'll read 28 and 29 today. 
And it says here, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Here we see that, that, that concept of the name of the Lord once more. Those who are called or being called. Now, when it means being called, it's not, it's not just that, they're, uh, that God is calling them so they're in the process of being called, but they're the ones that God is calling. Amen? And, and in this scripture, we get a lot of the understanding of what it's talking about here. The good to those who love God. Now, if we know our scripture at all, we know that Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen? Amen. Or do all things in the name of the Lord. Yeah, right, right. Amen? Yeah. Under his authority and with his direction and to, 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 look, uh, to make him look good. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. And so uh, to those who are called to his purpose are those who love the Lord. Those who are being called to his purpose. That's literally what it's talking about. And so it says here that God causes all things to work together. You know, it's, it's amazing to me how God has set the tables in our favor. In bearing his image, and that's what we are, we bear his image, all things will work together towards his plan. Because he loves us, he'll bless us in that plan. But that's a side note. But because we bear his image, you got to understand this. This is, this is kind of like legal terms. You know, to, 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 uh, we, we, we see this in Scripture that we have been made ambassadors of Christ and we're ambassadors of God and that's what we are on, the, on this earth. And what does an ambassador do? They go in the image, in the representation, they resemble the one who sent them. They have the authority. They, they go there uh, with all the authority that the other one has. And so they bring that as a, and it's acceptable to do so. And that's how God views us. So if God views us, his people, that way, then when we are walking in God's plan, when we are, we are being the called, or we're being called, we're being the ones who are called, amen, by design, there is no choice but things to work together for our good. Because God has designed all things to work towards it. Now, if you study out, you know, about God and how he did creation, if you go to Romans 1 and you read about God and his creation, one of the things that tells us is that what can be known about God is seen in his creation. And so we can understand God through looking at his creation, or we can understand attributes, or I should say this, what we can understand about God, what we are capable of understanding about God. We can understand just by simply looking at the things he created. Yeah. And so we can get understanding really quick if we look at things correctly. Now, a lot of times we focus on the bad. If you're in trial, you focus on the bad. If you see the world, you focus on the bad. You focus on what's going wrong. But we don't focus, very rarely we focus on the things that are good. The things that actually, about creation that are good. Like, but like humans, they may do some really bad things, but humans also have the the, the potential to do some pretty amazing things, don't we? Yeah. 
If you go to an art museum and you look at these paintings, uh, they're just, uh, just outstanding paintings, and sometimes the people that it's just, you can't even imagine, or sometimes you look at people that do uh, you know, different kinds of sports, and they're, they're athletic, and they just do amazing feats, and you, just can't, you can't even understand how they would do that. And, 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 and uh, you know, people who build, uh, build things, and they build buildings, and they do all of this stuff, and they do these great and wonderful things. You, know, you look at these different inventions, and it's like we couldn't even imagine some of these things that we're walking in today, just we use so uh, haphazardly and casually today, and we couldn't even imagine them 10 years ago. It's amazing the things that people can do when people set their mind to it, when they, when they have the right mindset, they go out and they do wonderful things. You know, wars happen because of people, but so does peace. Amen? Praise the Lord. You know, there's, there's lots of things that are done in the name of greed. But there's also a lot of things that are done in the name of benevolence and, and love and, and charity and, and going out there and doing good things, you know. It's amazing uh, the things that we can find if we look for them. Yeah. And so we understand that the potential is what represents God. The potential in all of us is what God has designed us to be. And so if we look at this scripture through that understanding, again, if we have that uh, we take on that perspective, then we start understanding they have to work out. There's not a choice but for them to work out. Now, in our working out, we have to get our minds straight because it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to, every whim that we have, everything is going to work out to be that thing. But they're going to work out for our good. And this is what, you know, I think I said this in the faith fix or one of the faith, fix, faith fixes we, we wrote. But we, we forget this understanding that when God created the earth, when you go back and read Genesis 1 and he created this and he created that and he said, he looked on it and, and, and uh, he thought that he said it was good. Each thing that God created, he said it was good. So when we look at what God created, we're not really in the place to say, that's, that, that's bad. Because if God created it, it's good. How do we know that? Because God is good. And if he created it, it has to be good. Yeah. Now, there are things that have been manipulated to become bad, but that's not how God created them. The devil manipulated to be bad, but God created him good. God created every human to be good, but the devil manipulated it to be bad. Amen? So we understand that God created this earth to be good. There's times when things happen. You know, I was, I, 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 I've been kind of blown away by some of the things that I've learned in recent times. You know, when, I, when I, 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 all of a sudden I found out hurricanes are actually a good thing. They're good. Not if you're in one. But you shouldn't be in one. Right? Praise the Lord. There's time to leave. And, there's, you know, and if you follow God, I truly believe this. You won't be in situations like that for very long. I believe the Lord will help you and get you out. But the point is, and, and, and you know, we've, I quote this, uh, you know, this apologist that said it, and I believe it's true. Even Jesus said, a fool builds his house on the sand. <laughs> I mean, it might be nice when it's nice, but when it's hurricane season, it definitely isn't nice. Amen? And so the idea is, is that you, if, to build your house on the sand with the hope that it would stand forever would be foolish. Because it won't. Hurricanes are necessary to keep the, the temperature. They're like ther thermometers of the earth. I found out in my studies, even viruses are necessary. 
Without viruses, we'd be overrun by bacteria. And some of the bacteria are good, but we know that a lot of them aren't. And some of these, these viruses, they go into the, they actually, this is literal, this is scientific stuff here. I'm telling you, this is high, top notch, right, man? You didn't know you were coming to science class. But this is just some little stuff that I've learned, and I don't understand how it all works, so I'm not going to pretend. But one of the things viruses do is they, 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 they go into the air and they kill these bacteria, and these bacteria fall into the oceans. And the dead carcasses of bacteria that we can't see that go into the oceans, they feed the, 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 the life of the ocean. And there's a chain of things, you know, all the way up to the great, the big whales, and, and of course all of them, and the biggest whales, the biggest animals in the, in the world, eat the, like one of the smallest creatures in the world. Isn't that amazing? But all of this cycle, you know, this is all a cycle that happens. It's like, you know, rain, there's the rain, and, then, uh, and it falls to the earth, and then it evaporates, and it goes back up, and it rains again, you know, and it's like a cycle, and the, and the snow, and all this, there's, there's, there's things that, you know, there's different kinds of trees, that, different kinds of plants that need the change of the seasons. And then there's some that can't handle the change of the seasons, but they're not where the seasons change. Amen? So God's, his creation is amazing and it's vast and, he, and you see how different things work. But if you, if you, were, if you were wrong, you would, you would like, you know, one of the things that bothers me bad is I can't go plant an orange tree in my backyard. I hate that. I want to, really, I want to plant a tangerine. I love tangerines. I want to plant a tangerine and a blood orange tree uh, in, in, in my backyard. I would love to do that so I can grow avocados. I would love to do that. It makes me mad that I can't do that. But if we could do that here, there's a lot of other things we couldn't have. There's a lot of other things that we wouldn't have because of that, amen? Including anything that's green. It's just the truth. And so you, you understand, God's, why, why do I say all this stuff? Because, see, so often we think what's bad is bad because it's an annoyance to us or because it causes... But see, what the truth is, is we just ain't looking at it right. God created things to be good. He created things to work in their way, the way they're supposed to work, when they're supposed to work. And if we would learn that and yield to that, we would walk through life a lot happier. But let me tell you something. This applies to your life. Sometimes there's things that will happen in your life. Now, sometimes there's things that will happen in your life, not because God had a good intent for it, but because somebody's a jack wagon. Yeah. Amen? Because somebody does something to you, and it isn't right. And God didn't intend that. He didn't say, I'm putting my stamp of approval on that. Go ahead and abuse them. Go ahead and cause them pain or suffering. Go ahead and do these things. Obviously, we just saw that, you know, up in Buffalo, there was that, uh, you know, another shooting. And, uh, you, you know, it's awful. It's awful. The whole premise of everything to do with it is awful. And everything that happened out of it was awful. But, and God didn't plan that. He didn't inspire somebody to go be racist. God isn't a racist. He created all races. It would be foolish to think God is a racist. And yet some racists think that they are justified by God to be racist. That just shows how stupid they are. Because God created them. And I don't mind calling them stupid because that's what they are. They're dumb. But even in those bad situations, for those that are called, those that bear God's name, those who walk proudly as, 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 as image bearers of God that, that are doing their best to hold up God and to make him look good, for those people, God causes all things, even situations like that, to work in their favor. So even if it's bad, 
it can work in your favor. This really would make us look at our day a whole lot different. I had this situation. It was a simple situation. It was a simple pastoral situation. It was a simple, annoying pastoral situation. <laughs> Amen? It was one of those things I just didn't want to deal with. And then all of a sudden, and I dealt with it a lot, and it was increasingly causing me frustration, increasingly causing me trouble. And then all of a sudden, the Lord opened my eyes to understand that he causes all things to work together for good. And that if, I'm, if I will be wise and look for God in all things, not that God causes all things, but look for where he's going to work in all things, if I'll be wise to do that, he'll show me something. And you know what? God showed me something. He showed me a love for a person that I, 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 I just didn't have before. They're not in this room, just in case, just in case you're wondering. But he showed me something. He showed me the ability to look at them differently and uh, to embrace them differently. Somebody who was causing me pain and suffering. Amen? See, God will teach you if you're willing to listen. And this is what God has been bringing back to me about this scripture over and over. The thing that he's been bringing out of it is that because all things have to work together for my good, because I do love God, and I am following God. I know that. You know if you are or not. But I know that. So because of that, all things have to work together for me. Then anything that happens to me only works for me. That no matter what, the, even if the devil himself comes into my life and starts rearing up havoc and getting a mix going, a mess going, amen? Making a real mess of the things that I've done. Even then... It works for me. You know what the devil doesn't want the Christian to know? This. He wants you to be focused on how miserable you are. He wants you to be focused on how bad it is and how much God didn't come through with you. He loves that. You know why he loves that? Because he knows that a Christian that focuses that way won't do anything for God. He said, you'll do nothing for God. It's in the pain and the trial and the suffering that we, we learn things even when things are not things that God has prescribed for us, even when they're things that God hasn't said, here, have this. He has, but he has tilted things in such a way that they will work for you. If it's created, it's good, and therefore it has use for me. I said if it's created, it's good, and therefore it has use for me. Now, a lot of people try to use that for things like marijuana. I'm just going to tell you, it makes great rope, makes great clothes, Leave it at that. Amen. Don't don't be smoking it. Don't be, you know, maybe maybe it, in a different time it was a good medicine and stuff like that. I'm not saying that it couldn't couldn't have been that or that there's properties of it that could be good medicine. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, that God didn't make it's not one of those things that God made it, so just go ahead and smoke it. You know, because a lot of people try to justify it that way because that part of it's not good. But there, you know, we do know that medicines are good. So that's a that's a different aspect. And and I'm not going to go down that debate. I'm not even trying to, you know, praise the Lord. But my point that I'm saying trying to make is that 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 if God's created something, he's created it with purpose. And that purpose can be useful to us in the right context. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, turn with me to Second Corinthians. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, don't turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Go back because I didn't finish my scriptures there. I only stayed on, yeah, I want to go to 29. You want to go to 29. 
This is good, amen? Look at this. For those who he... I don't mean it's good because I put together a message because I certainly didn't put this together. But it's good because what the Lord's bringing out for us, amen? He's helping us. Uh, Romans 8.29 says, for, uh, in, in light of the fact that everything works good for us, works for our good, because I'm just going to assume we're all good, good godly people here. We want God. We want to we wanna, we wanna be imagers of God. We want people to look at us and think, man, their God is awesome. You know what I mean? Praise the Lord. So I'm assuming you all like that. Otherwise, you wouldn't come out on Tuesday night. Amen? And if you're online, we love you too. Online, I don't know why I was looking down there. Well, usually because, it, well, it doesn't matter. For those whom he foreknew, and really this, for, this, this idea of foreknowing doesn't just mean that he foreknew, it means that he foreknew what they would do. He had understanding of what they would do ahead of time. See, I've never been of the predestination sort. Still am not really. I'm not a Calvinist. I don't believe that everything, God has planned everything to work just so. And so those who are saved are saved only because God said they could be saved and nobody, the ones that aren't, God doesn't destine anyone to hell. I don't believe that. And I believe that's, you know, but I will say this. I've learned a little bit about predestination through this scripture and through this study that, that I, I do kind of, I, I do agree with. And, and mostly because the Bible says it. You know, when you look at this here, it says, for those whom he foreknew, so those who he understood would, would do what, what would be the called, right? He also predestined. So in other words, because he foreknew that they would, he predestined some things for them. So if you're going to walk out the plan of God, this is the greatest news in the world right here. If you're going to walk out the plan of God, and see, you can, even if you're not, even if you currently haven't been, even if you never have in your life, you could decide just by nature of hearing this message tonight, you could decide to do it right now. Praise God. This, that's the open door. Amen. God ain't keeping you out. You can accept it because you're here. For those who he foreknew, he also predestined. He predestined some things to be conformed to the image of his son. Now we see this, this wording again. This idea of being the image of his son. Why does the image of his son now become the thing? Because you had become sin. Humans had become sin. <clears throat> Jesus became sin for us. He switched places. He switched places. Jesus... Became, so we have, he's predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son now. That's what it means. That he, that he's, he set us up. Yes. Praise the Lord. So that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus was the firstborn. He did it. He did the things we couldn't. He bridged, he bridged the gap we couldn't bridge. He got through the, the, the sinful nature we couldn't get through. He overcame it. He overcame the temptations we couldn't. And by nature of that, he switched places with us. And put us into the, the made his the image. So now when God looks at us, because we will be that people, yeah. he looks at us as those people. Right. No, like it, it makes no sense why, why, why somebody would go to that length. Except that God is just so good. That he loved humanity so much that he was like, God so loved the world. Like we, we so underestimate what that scripture really talks about. Yeah. He so loved the world. 
that he gave his son to, to, that, that we could be conformed into his son's image. Right. Amen. See, there's another reason for the sacrifice of Jesus. Why did it have to be the sacrifice of his son? Which so many people in the world, they just don't understand. And really, so many Christians don't understand. Why did it have to be his son? Because God didn't want us to be the image of something lesser. He didn't want us to be the image of something weaker. He wanted us what he always wanted us to be. And that's in his image. He wanted us, he wanted to look at us and see himself. He wanted the world to look at us and see him. Not that we are God, we're not God. We can never be God. Praise God we're not God. Amen. You ever, it's one of those movies, one of the God movies where I think, I can't remember which one it was, and the guy becomes God. God gives him his power for a day, you know. And, uh, or, or for whatever, for a period of time. And one of the things he does is he makes the moon really big to impress a, a, a woman, right? But when he does that, all of a sudden, like, all these, you know, things crash and everything goes nuts and all this stuff. Why? Because God has the moon a certain size in a certain place for a certain reason. He created it good. Amen? And so the same thing, like, we would change so many things in life because of inconvenience that God created to be good. Sometimes, like, you're hindered from doing something and you think, oh, it must be the devil, but you don't even take a minute to think, maybe it's God. Yeah. Maybe I need to get into some, you know, we look at trial. Trials of faith are only to make us strong. Do you understand that? Yeah. Specifically, trials of faith. Not trials of stupidity. Yeah. Trials of faith. Trials of faith are designed to make us stronger. They make us better. They make us more able. They make us more equipped to not have to go, oh God, what are we going to do? God wants us with a certain level of independence, yeah. but still dependent on him. Yeah. This, is what God, this is what it means to be the image of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So he wanted, he wanted us to be, that we would be, uh, that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. The reason for the sacrifice of Jesus, the reason why he allowed his son to die for us was so he could impart to us what his son is. That nothing else could be. There's no other thing that could be as wonderful and as brilliant and as glorious as Jesus Christ. Nothing. And that's what he gave so that we could be that image. Oh my God. Oh my God. I mean, even as I'm saying it now, I'm thinking, why didn't I know this a year ago? Why didn't I really understand this this way? And I mean, maybe I'm not even presenting it the way and I, that I, it's coming to my heart, even in this moment, but I'm thinking, why do I ever question God? I have no reason to. God works all things to, to, to my benefit. So even if it's not working for me, I know it's working for me. Even if it's working against me, even if even it's slowing me down, it's like, no, it's got to work for it. It has to. Do you know what faith is truly? Faith is saying it has to because God said so. Because God does it. This has to work for me because I'm working for him. Amen. And not even because I'm perfectly working for him, but because he's made me his image. Amen. Now you can go to 2 Corinthians in the last two minutes we have. 2 Corinthians. Praise the Lord. Folks, I'm just telling you, this is exciting news. This is, this is so, like, 
And, and it's not, again, it's not because it's a message I'm preaching. It's a message because it's, it's a message out of the Word. Yeah. It's the truth of the Word, amen? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, oh boy, therefore if, oh boy, oh double boy, therefore if anyone is in Christ, hallelujah, if they are in Christ, if they are in Christ, if they are in Christ, if, 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 they are in Christ. See, the, the determining factor is in Christ. This is why, as a Christian, you want to make sure you're in Christ. Yeah. This is why you want to be a good Christian. Because there's a therefore. This therefore it means a whole lot to us if you're in Christ. Amen. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new, cre create, uh, a new creature. Creation, creature. Some versions say creation. That's my, you know, because that's what I grew up on. That's what I'm not here. Uh, uh, but he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Oh, wow. I mean, this, this was so helpful to somebody who was really jacked up in the world. I was really jacked up in the world. The knowledge that I'm a new creation in Christ, that, that, that I have a new image, I had a bad image. It wasn't all my fault, but I had a bad image. People looked at me bad. People looked down on me. People, people were disgusted by me. People, you know, there, were, there was things, and, and again, there was time. I mean, but it wasn't always my fault. Sometimes it was the people that were supposed to love me were looking down upon me, that were disgusted by me, that didn't care, that threw me aside. Amen? But see, he's made me his image. He brought me into a new, to be a new creation. Old things have passed away, including that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All things, behold, new things have come. I love this version. I, I just love this version. Behold, new things have come. Sometimes, you know, some versions say all things have become new. I don't know why I like it this way. It just seems a little more poetic to me, I guess. Now, all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So he's recon reconciled us through Christ and then gave, given us this, uh, this ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ recon reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are his image bearers. We carry his name. We have authority. So we should act as such. Amen. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Look at this. He made, he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is the greatest thing. He made, him, he made Jesus our sin. So what God sees, all the things that disgusted, us, disgusted God about us, he put that on Jesus so that we would become something else. We would be the righteousness of God in Christ. 
So through Christ, we are God's righteousness. That means that we bear his image. We are right before God. Do you know, and, and, and uh, uh, the, the whole idea of standing in the throne room of God is being, being able to be in the presence of God. When you're in the presence of someone, they can look upon you and you can look upon them. God, that's what God wanted, us, wanted for us. He wanted to bring us back into his presence so he could see, and the only way to do that was to make us righteous, which we couldn't do. But Jesus became that sin. He put the sin on so we could be that righteousness. And then we wonder, do all things really work together for good? Why would we question that? Like he transferred us. It's like he, he superimposed Jesus, kind of, on, on us. So when he looks at us, that's what he sees. He sees the righteousness of Christ, which blesses him, which makes him, I mean, he gave him the name that's above every name. You know what that means? It doesn't mean that he gave him the name Jesus Christ. This, the, 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 uh, the Spanish call it Jesus, right? Some, some people are, are called Jesus, but that doesn't mean that they have the name of Jesus. That's not what it is. You know, we're like, we're like, you know, we say in Jesus' name, and I know that's like a thing we say, but that's not really what it, like, if we just say in Jesus' name, it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't. Because there's, like, somebody could use Jesus' name without the authority, and it means nothing. Amen? Glory to God. Like, you know, if, if I came down here in, at 2 o'clock in the morning, and, uh, you know, the, the police showed up because they wonder why somebody's here in this church at 2 o'clock in the morning. And, I, and I, I got out my ID and I said, you know, I, I'm the pastor of the church and I, I prove it somehow. I don't know how I'd prove it, but if I proved it somehow, maybe my key, maybe my coat, I don't know. But if I proved it somehow, my name's on something in here, you know, I find it and I can show my ID and, and I can prove it. And they say, okay, you have authority to be here. But now if somebody comes at 2 o'clock in the morning that doesn't belong here and they break through and they're, they're in here and the police show up because the alarm's going off and they don't know how to shut it off because they have no authority. Amen. And they, 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 they could even say that, you know, that, 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 that they do. But if they don't, they don't. They don't have the authority to be here and they would get in trouble for doing so. Well, the same thing is with Jesus. And, you know, we could look at somebody without the authority. We could look at the demons without authority. And we could say in Jesus' name, but that's not going to do anything if we don't have the authority backing us up. The authority isn't just that we use a certain term. The authority is that we have a certain understanding, that we have a certain placement. That's what Jesus did for us. He placed us where he was. Glory to God. The Bible says we're seated in heavenly places with Christ. Well, I'm seated in Family Church Mayville, 65 Westlake Road, Mayville, New York, 14757. Amen? That's where I'm seated. No, you're, but you're seated by authority, by place. You know, you're here, but you've got the authority of there. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. That's just in case you didn't know what we... Amen. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we would be the righteous. There's this, this trade back and forth. So why do we doubt it? See, if we would start looking at the trials when something rears up his head, its head against us, and we have some kind of trial or we have something that's uncomfortable, let's start looking and be like, Lord, what can I learn from this? 
Do you know that there's a lot of that that's in this trip that's upcoming? It's not just for me, it's for others. There's the things that God will have us do, and certainly we're doing those things. But I know that the reason I'm going isn't just for that, that trip. What I'm going for is part of what I'm going to bring back. My wife keeps saying that. We know that. How do we know that? We know it by faith. We know it's in us. We don't know what it's all for or how that's going to manifest, but we know that it will. And perhaps it's a door that starts. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the things that are hardest in life, and this is, I'll just be honest with you, this, this is difficult on me. It's difficult on me, and the closer it gets, the more it presses. And it's not, you know, I've, I've said that to my wife and my mom, they're like, not like you're not supposed to go, right? I'm like, no, no, it's not that at all. It's just that there's, there's a pressing. And so I would encourage you, pray for it. You know, pray for us. Pray for me. Pray, pray that we, uh, you know, that, that not just that we would be affected, effective, but that we'd be protected and those things. But, you know, uh, there, there's things that God will move us into in our daily walk, individuals, as a church, you know, as a group, as Christian, as, as America, as whatever, you know, different things God will move us into by his design that if we would see it, it's in the hard places that God makes great things come to pass. Yeah. It was when the Israelites were pressed up against the Red Sea that the sea, that the sea parted. It was when they were facing starvation that food appeared. It was when they were facing armies that could destroy them without a blinking that God showed up and, and, and cleared a pathway for them to go into the promised land. The same promises, not, the, you know, not exactly the same things, but the, the, the same God is the same God working on our behalf. And he's made us the righteousness that even they couldn't be. He's made us the righteousness that we couldn't be. He bypassed us completely and said, I'll just do it anyway. That's what he did. Now, it would be foolish for people that have been made like that to continue living dumb as the world lives. Why? Because we have no, why would we want any part of that? Why would you want something lesser when you have the greater right in front of you? God's promised all things to work together for the good to those who love him. So why would we want to not love him and have nothing work out? Just like the world. And to be honest with you, that's where a lot of Christians live. A lot of Christians live with nothing working out because they don't truly love God. Because they don't care about being his image. They just care about being their own image. They care about their own life. They care about them, themselves, what they do, what they want, what they, what they want to accomplish in this life. I'll just be honest with you. I hear Christians talk like that and I think, dear Jesus, you have no clue why you're even here. You are not here to live this life. You are here to live God's life. You are here to fulfill his plan. Now, in that, he'll bless you and make you live a good life. But it's the purpose of you being here is not to see how much you can do before you die. Because heaven is going to make this place look like a garbage dump. I'm just telling you. Well, praise the Lord. It takes faith to believe that. But we're going to close with this, John 15. I just bring it up. This scripture makes a whole lot more sense to me now. hope it does to you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so, if you bear much fruit... You prove to be my disciples. How do we know if we're disciples of Christ? We start bearing some stinking fruit. We need to bear fruit. We need to look like him. We need to start imaging ourselves. We need to start looking like, and you're like, well, well, wait a minute. How do I make fruit happen? You follow God. That's how you make it. You don't make it happen. God causes the increase. You can't make fruit happen in your life. You can't make things happen. You can't, you know, like as, as I, I plant a tree in my yard, we went and bought a bunch of trees one year and we planted them in the yard. 
in this path, right? We bought 12 trees, I think we came back with, of the specific kind. Four of them still exist. The rest of them are sticks. They're not trees any longer. They're not even good sticks. They're just sticks. They're just there, sticking up out of the ground, doing no, no good. Four of them still exist, and, they're, and, and they're, they're producing what they're supposed to produce. They don't really produce anything but leaves. But the, but the, the point is they're producing, you know, they're growing. Yeah, and, and, they're, and they're, they're resembling what they were meant to be. It's the same thing with Christians. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're going to produce. You prove to be disciples when you do. If you want to be a disciple of Christ, determine in your heart, I'm going to start producing. This is all there is to it. How am I going to do it? I don't know. God's, that's God's end. I'm going to yield to him and I'm going to start producing. Because that's what he made us to be. We're his image. We're his likeness. Glory to God. We have his authority. We're not going to take his name in vain. Amen?